Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built On Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going. Hello and welcome to the Built On Air podcast. Built On Air is a regular podcast where we talk with everyday people and learn about the amazing things they are doing with Airtable. Today's podcast is sponsored by OpenSide, the leading solutions provider for Airtable customers. Check out OpenSide.com to learn more about their products and services that can take your Airtable usage to the next level. Use promo code BUILTONAIR to receive $20 towards any product purchase. In this episode, Dan Fellers returns to give us a deep dive into some newer products offered by his company, OpenSide. OpenSide not only sponsors BuiltOnAir.com, which of course hosts this very podcast, but offers Airtable consulting services as well. To help their clients step up their Airtable game, OpenSide created a suite of products called Onto Air, which takes the guesswork out of automating many Airtable tasks. Tried and true fan favorites like Onto Air Actions and Onto Air Forms are now joined by a host of other premium extensions, including Onto Air Schemas. Dan showcases the power of schemas, which allows users to track every bit of metadata associated with a particular base over time, and gives us a rundown of how this new extension could save you a headache or two in the future. All right. Hi, Dan. Hey, Camille. Good to be with you. Thank you for being on our podcast. And by our podcast, I mean yours as well. <laughs> it's good to be here. I'm a big fan, maybe number one fan. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. So you have um, a couple of things that you wanted to show off about OpenSide and all of the great work that you guys do. But first, um, for anyone who's unfamiliar, if you could just give us a little bit of background about you. Sure. Yeah, so Dan Fellers, I am the founder of OpenSide um, that is pretty active in the Airtable community and uh, host of this podcast, sponsor of Built on Air, and uh, love Airtable. My company, OpenSide, has been around for eight years. We were doing custom software development, and then about two years ago, maybe longer now, we found Airtable and, and uh, started using it just for internal projects and then started taking on consulting projects using Airtable. And the beginning of last year is when I kind of had an epiphany of the potential of, of Airtable and where I thought it could go as a company and a product and decided to um, transition my entire business over to focusing on Airtable. So um, we still do have some legacy clients uh, that we still support, but all new business is all focused around Airtable. So I kind of um, jumped on the Airtable bandwagon and it's been a fun ride. So we're in mid-2020 right now, and recently Airtable has put out a bunch of new added features that have expanded the capability of what someone can do within Airtable itself. How is that affected you and OpenSide and the way you approach your solutions that you give to people? Yeah, it definitely has. It's been, um, it's been exciting to see the new development that they've done, um, the scripting blocks and the custom blocks and, and the potential for much more as they're starting to show kind of a little bit of what their roadmap might look like. And so I see a huge opportunity. I kind of see Airtable as really a foundational platform to build applications on top of and 
almost a new, you know, it really is a new, um, a new channel for, for getting quickly up to speed applications to, um, focus on workflow automation and, and helping companies implement, uh, be more efficient in their processes and procedures. And the new additions that they've added um, really open that up, but it also kind of raises the bar of skill set that you might need to take advantage of it. And um, that's exciting to me because uh, being a developer, you know, I really think that opens it up, but it also is more opportunity for OpenSide to provide more value and help others take advantage of the the new things that uh, Airtable is doing. But the thing I like about it is that it doesn't make it a requirement. Some platforms that offer that those um, technical, more technical things that you got to do, but it's almost like a requirement to do anything. You have to be able to know how those more advanced things work. And with Airtable, if you're not quite there yet to take advantage of those, it still works perfectly well, like it always has. And so I do like the, the approach that they've taken where it's, an extension to, but it hasn't um, really made it cumbersome to, to use it as a, as a standalone uh, database. So it, it's really opened up the opportunities for us and, and I'll show in the demo portion of, of how we are taking advantage of, of some of those new offerings. I think you raised a pretty good point. Airtable positions itself as the everyman's database where the barrier to entry is supposed to be low so everyone can find a use case for it, whether it be professional or something in their personal lives. And the addition of things like the scripting block and the custom block, because they do, they are optional, like you say, I think that is a great opportunity for developers to help people um, with the little bits that are missing natively, but still are kind of there natively. It's it's interesting for me to think about it as these things are still new. Yeah, they're still new. They're still um, there's still room for improvement, as I'm sure they would tell you the same. Um, so I'm excited for the potential, and I think there's enough there to 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 be more efficient and effective. Um, but in the consulting world, it does, to, to leverage it, it does require programming knowledge to, to really um, take advantage of that. And so that's one thing where I've seen in the consulting realm, um, you know, before they offered those up, there, there was kind of a mix. There was some um, that, that could do some programming, but you didn't really have to. Or if you did it, you were using an external tool like Zapier or something, and you're doing your, your programming there. But but now I do think the, the consulting aspect of, of Airtable will have to evolve to, to, to kind of take advantage of, of these and, and be able to at least, you know, do scripting blocks. Um, but I do like, even, even from the programming aspect, you know, I've been programming for 25 years and, and, you know, just getting up and running within Airtable. If you're new to programming, I think it's a great platform to, learn programming because because um, they take away all the necessary stuff that you'd have to do that I had to learn uh, when I was programming all the extra stuff that you that goes with getting code up and running in a production environment and so from that aspect they've lowered the bar for a programmer to to get up and running and, and be effective so 
they've raised the bar of what you need to do, but they've also lowered the bar of what you would have to do without their platform. So I think overall it's a win. With respect to the scripting block, um, part of learning how to code, um, the scripting block uses vanilla JavaScript, kind of comes, at least for me, from looking at scripts that other people have made and trying to work through, okay, this piece does this, that piece does that, and the whole thing accomplishes this one task. And something that I like that OpenSight has done is collect um, all of the scripts from across the Airtable community and put them on display, of course, giving credit to the people who wrote the scripts, but it it provides this library of the work that has been done so people can get a grasp of, this is a great new feature and these are all of the things that you can do. Yeah, we kind of saw that as a, as a way to, you know, the, that's on the Built on Air website and, um, you know, I think that's that's our objective with Built on Air is to be a resource for the community at, at large. And um, and I think it's, you know, hopefully there, there's more, it, you know, it's, it's uh, I think initially it had a big splurge of people sharing their scripts. Um, that's kind of dwindled down a little bit now that we're a few months into it. And hopefully, you know, it fosters more. Um, sharing of those scripts and and kind of a community and we're going to continue to 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 push that effort as well so it's it's um yeah it's been cool to see that on on the built on air do you think part of the reason there's been less of less forthcomingness might be the way to put it about it um of people putting out their scripts for either the scripting block or um custom blocks because as we're recording this episode, there's ongoing contests put out by Airtable for develop the best script or develop the best custom block. And if you don't want someone taking your ideas, well, maybe you wait and then maybe you forget to actually publish it after the contest is over. You know, it's that balance of what what are you willing to share? Um, you know, we we I've shared a few scripting blocks, but but not all the scripting blocks. A lot of times, you know, if we're doing it for customers, it's obviously proprietary. And so I think a lot of um, I think it's getting used, especially by, you know, bigger companies that maybe have a development resource that, that can do it. But they're obviously not going to share their code. And, um, you know, it's just. It's just um, there. There isn't a good way to to maintain and and update and and you know there isn't that ecosystem built around it yet to um, to really foster uh, reuse of of code. But we're we're working. I'll show uh, some of the tools that we're building to to help improve that. So hopefully, hopefully, as the ecosystem builds, that that we're going to be a part of um, that gets easier and it fosters more sharing. Great. Um, I'd love to see it. Um, I'm guilty of that a little bit is probably why I bring it up because um, there are some scripts that I've written. I've actually written the same script, I think, four different times. <laughs> it does essentially the same thing, but, uh, you know, taken at a different angle each time. And I realized upon my third time writing the script, maybe the community doesn't need to see <laughs> this yet again. Um, so I think part of it for me, at least is a little bit of discipline of, you know, if I have something new, I'll share it. Yeah. That's always the challenge. You know, I always, I, I benefit so much from open source software. Any developer does. And, and, um, it's a challenge. Like, 
to, to maintain an open source software where you're not benefiting from financially and you're just kind of doing it out of the goodness of your heart because it takes time to maintain it. You know, the few scripts that, that I've released, um, it's good. It hasn't been bad where it's, where it's too cumbersome, but there has been times where people say, Oh, could you make it do this? Could you make it do that? And, and maintaining it kind of becomes, you know, work that, that takes away from other work that you're working on. And so that's always the challenge of, of sharing because you're not done with it at that point. It's, you got to care for it ongoing. So I think, I think, um, you know, that's, that's a deterrent from people sharing their, their work. That makes sense. Um, I've run across that before. Um, the fourth time I rewrote that same script was because someone was like, well, have you considered doing this? Yeah. And I didn't, and I did it. And then I was like, I'm going to stop. Right. Yeah. That's the flip side is you, if, if you want to maintain it and, and you like to maintain it, then it's a great way to, to get uh, feedback and sharing it and getting other people looking at it to make it better. So it's, it's got its pros and cons. It does, but there, there comes a point where it would make more sense if you need that much customization of it. Well, you would just go to a developer and say, Hey, right. can you help me build this tool? Right. And that's where on the consulting side for any consultants um, doing Airtable, I think um, I, I think I've seen that where people have shared and it's kind of just a showcase of saying, you know, we've built this. If you want us to fully customize it for your use case, you know, you can contact us and engage with us on a consulting basis. So it's a great way to, to generate leads and awareness of, of your abilities as well to kind of show a free version of what you can do. And then, and then those that want more can engage with you. Because that's the other thing about Airtable is every, you know, like that's, the one thing I've learned in, in the two years I've been working with clients uh, in it is so many different industries, even within the same industries, very unique use cases. And so if you think you built a script that does something, uh, everybody's going to want to tweak it and use it slightly different because their, their base is, is set up differently. And so that's something I love, but it's also a challenge. But that's that's the fun part of consulting is you're not you're not seeing the the same exact problem over and over. It's not cookie cutter like building a brochure website or something that you know. There's new challenges with each project. Makes perfect sense to me. Um, when I try and build um, scripts or a custom block, I'll sometimes start with one of the pre-made templates um, for Airtable's bases. And the last one I was doing, I was looking at how it was set up and I was like, why on earth would you do this? Yeah. And so I found myself restructuring the base in order to get what I had in my head there so I could begin coding. And then it kind of drove home the point that there's only so much you can do with the template before you realize everyone is has their own particular needs. And this is completely theoretical. Like I have no use case for this actual thing I'm building. Yeah. 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 You think everybody has a mental framework of how they want their systems, which is why a lot of people are attracted to Airtable instead of using off the shelf, you know, CRMs or other systems is, you know, once you build a, a software solution, you kind of have to put some parameters around a specific flow and process 
And, you know, sometimes that doesn't always fit. That's what I'm amazed, especially with small businesses is everybody has a unique approach to their own workflow and it's the way that their mind works and they want their system to fit their mental process. And, you know, Airtable can, can typically mold itself to, to fit that. Um, but it's just, it's just so interesting to me to see the different, the different, uh, approaches that, that companies take. And they're not always the same that I would take. And, and I've had to learn to adapt my mindset to say, you know, I, I, my job isn't to always set up a system the way that I would set it up. If I was running that company, it's to make that company be more efficient in the approach that works best for them. And so sometimes there's that internal battle. I had a recent project where they wanted me to rework things to, to be a bit more simpler for them, but it also meant it wasn't as flexible and my database design mind was struggling with that because it wasn't best practices with database design, but it's what would make more sense for them. And so we had to go down that approach that path and um you know that's that's the joys of uh learning new new systems or new approaches with different companies so i've enjoyed that that aspect of consulting well also sometimes clients needs change over time like especially if a company grows for instance a process that might have worked for them before will will suddenly they'll have to rethink different pieces of it and i think part of the strength of your table as well is that if you needed to change the structure of a base or how certain things are implemented, you can without it being baked in if it were like a prepackaged CRM. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it can evolve and, and adapt and, and, uh, and that's usually how it works. And that's, yeah, that's, that speaks to the flexibility of it. Great. So did you want to show us your demo? Yeah, let's dive into it. So I thought I'd start by, you know, going through some of the, the products that we offer. So Air, uh, OpenSide is kind of the, the parent company of, of the different projects that, that we do. We do our consulting under the OpenSide name. And so on the consulting side, we work with companies in all industries and all sizes and have a team of um, consultants that, that um, work closely with with different uh, companies. And so um, anybody that's interested that needs help in, in expanding their, their Airtable, feel free to reach out and we can assist with that. On the community side, so Built on Air, we're kind of the founding um, sponsor of Built on Air and it's really a site that hosts this podcast. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously familiar with Built on Air, but it does a lot more than podcasts. We um, we uh, track what's going on in different communities. So there's lots of other communities out there in Facebook and the Airtable community. We have our own Slack community where, where people are talking about stuff going on. We do a weekly roundup of all the conversations that are happening across all these communities. We're also publishing guides and tutorials on how to use Airtable for different industries. Um, we also track different products and consultants and communities where you can kind of get a sense of everything going on. And uh, we also, like you mentioned earlier, um, keep track of different scripts that people are sharing. 
And then the last thing that's pretty cool is once a month we track the Airtable universe universe. And if you've been to that, airtable.com slash universe, that's where people share their Airtable bases. And we kind of keep track of all the new ones that come in for the previous month, who's getting the most activity as far as likes and followers. And uh, it's pretty cool monthly metrics of kind of what's going on in the Airtable universe. So that's the community. I encourage everybody to, to sign up for the newsletter and or the... Um, the uh, Slack community and, and get involved and uh, sign up for the podcast as well. So hoping to continue to grow that. It's, it's been great to meet with like-minded people within this community. It's, it's one of, honestly, one of the best things about Airtable is its community. I think that's really what's going to keep it in the, in the lead is now there's new entrants coming in. Uh, recently, Microsoft announced that they're entering this market. Amazon just announced that they're entering this market. So it's definitely Airtable is getting attention from some of the big players. I really think that the community is what's going to help stand or keep, uh, make Airtable stand out amongst some of these bigger players coming in. So we're, we're proud to be a part of that community and to foster it through Built on Air. The third leg of, of what um, we do at OpenSide is, is our products. And Onto Air is um, kind of the encompassing brand of our products. And when we started, um, one of the first things that I realized when I started building consulting projects in Airtable was um, you know, the lack of automation. And I know... Um, you know, I'm sure down the road that, that Airtable will incorporate their own products, but for, for the time being, really the most common way to layer on automation on top of um, Airtable is to use third-party tools like Zapier, which most consultants and people working in Airtable are familiar with using Zapier. Well, I, I recognize pretty early that the connector that Airtable has within the Zapier ecosystem is, is pretty limited. And so I decided to build a product that was a more advanced connector for, um, for Airtable. And that's, that was really our foray into building products for the Airtable community and, and ecosystem. And it's been a great success. It's been growing. We've been doing well. We've got um, around 200 customers using the Airtable or the Ontair products, either our actions or our second product, which was Forms. And Forms is an integration into a third-party form solution called JotForm. And that's a, one of the other weaknesses that, that we learned pretty early on is, is trying to do advanced form functionality. Airtable's forms are, are pretty limited, pretty, pretty basic. And so these two products are really the, the crux of, of what we built our, our company around. And, um, and uh, you can do a lot with them. You can do a lot with actions to, to perform automation and then forms. You can, you can do a lot. So that's really, that's really suited as well. It's got us to this point, but I always wanted um, a bit more. I wanted to do more. And so um, both of these products are more like widgets that run inside of Zapier or inside a JotForm. And so I wanted to have more control that would give us more flexibility of, of what we could build. And so what I'm showing now is our next-gen version of Onto Air, 
which is a complete toolkit, a complete product suite of, for now, six applications that do different things that truly open up the door for Airtable and really allow you to run your entire business on Airtable and, um, and, and do all sorts of things. So I'm gonna walk through what these six different apps do and then we're gonna dive deep into one of the apps and kind of showcase it of what its potential is. So when you sign up for Onto Air, you, you get a login and we have different um, ways where you can buy bundled tiers that give you access to all of the apps or if you really just need one app, you can actually buy just a single app as well. And when you log in, um, we've got our actions, which is really taking what we built for our first version that was just a Zapier connector and bringing that into our platform for now you configure your automations within our website. You still can run them through Zapier, but you can also run them directly via webhooks or um, our own automations, which by the time this uh, podcast goes out should be live where, where you can schedule it from within our own system to run um, on a timely basis or we'll be expanding it to where you can run, run it from within Integromat or other third-party automation platforms um, we'll be hooking into over time. And so that, that, that's Actions. Forms is, is similar to our Forms product that we had built in the past. Um, that um, it still integrates with JotForm for now. We may integrate with other um, form products in the future, but for now, it is still very much tied to JotForm. Um, but it allows you to, it bridges the gap between Airtable and uh, third-party forms like JotForm. So you can create a drop-down field that's a live feed from your Airtable base of data that shows up on your forms and um, kind of handles, it can do all sorts of stuff with, within forms. You can display data out of your Airtable as HTML or Markdown and it'll render it to the form so you can use it as kind of a front end uh, UI to, to your database as well as a form input system. And it will, and you can configure it to post uh, either new records or update records into your, your Airtable um, database when a form is submitted. Um, backups, this allows you to backup your data. Um, one of the big things is, you know, yes, Airtable does keep backups of your data, but best practices is to always have a copy of your data outside of the uh, source host, which would be Airtable. And so um, we actually have some clients uh, that, that really want to make sure that on a daily or weekly or monthly basis, their data is getting backed up into another system. So this automates that process. You can back up right now to Google Drive, um, Dropbox, or Box is our current connections that, that you can back up to. And, and it also does all of your data as well as your attachments. And it's very configurable where you can specify exactly what data you want backed up. Um, so, so great utility application there. Schemas is the one that we're going to dive into, and it's um, more for tracking um, any changes to your, your data um, schema. So your table names, adding new tables to your base, changing the names, uh, all of the fields, all of the views. 
And um, we'll dive deep into that one to show it. Scripts and storage, these are for developers um, that really make the scripting block um, more useful. So our scripts is basically a way to manage, uh, I, I'm just gonna show this real quick, um, to manage, if, you, if you're scripting, if you're a developer and you're writing scripts, one of the challenges with the scripting block is, is um, the concept of dry, which stands for don't repeat yourself. And so because block, scripting blocks are kind of self-contained, um, there isn't a good way to write a, a, a snippet of code and be able to reuse that in multiple scripting blocks. And so what this does is it allows you, it's kind of like a development environment to create blocks of codes that, um, that run different scripts and each of those scripts can have reusable snippets of code embedded in them and so you can do things like embed uh, a utility uh, library like lodash or or you know something like that 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 you want to use in all of your scripts and so this really becomes a powerful development environment to um, run and manage scripts long term that it's more 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 similar to what developers might be familiar with to um, to really maintain production ready code in their base. So that's the scripting app. Storage is kind of a, um, it's kind of a, a way to store data within our secure environment that you can then call from your scripting block. So some examples might be uh, secure, you know, private information like passwords or API keys. You don't want to just hard code those into your scripting blocks you can save them in our system and they're stored securely um, and then make a call to the, to our storage API and retrieve that data from your scripting block. Or if, you know, some data like um, employee payroll, employee salaries, you may not want to keep that data in your Airtable base um, because you don't want everybody to have access to that. And so you could keep that information inside of our storage, but you might need that information to generate reports or perform calculations within the scripting block. So you could call, call that in for the script while it's running it and not worry about that data being saved anywhere within your um, script, within your database. So kind of a utility there. So that's our current um, application suite. The plan is to continue to expand these and, um, and add to it uh, as we continue to grow. So this is um, going out um, as of the time of recording this podcast in the coming weeks. It should be out for a while when, when this podcast goes live. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, um, this, this is likely live and you should be able to sign up and get access to it. Any questions Great. on that before we dive in? Um, not really a question, just kind of a comment. You've done a very good job of finding all of the major weak points in Airtable, which I love dearly. I love Airtable, of course. Um, I wouldn't be on this podcast if I didn't. But sometimes there are little bits about the platform that need a little help. And I think storage to me is probably the one that I'm most looking forward to just because 
the issue of security and hiding certain information and exact control over what data should be available to whom is not quite there yet in vanilla um, Airtable at the moment. And the fact that you've come up with a solution that is able to handle more granular um, and more hidden control of certain pieces of data is excellent. And everyone knows and loves onto Airforms. So glad to see it returning and being improved upon. Uh, that's cool. Because uh, it's going to get much easier. When it, Air, onto Airforms in its current status is uh, not the easiest tool to get up and running. You got to do, a, you got to jump through a lot of uh, hoops. We got rid of all those hoops. It is so much easier to, to set it up and uh, maintain. So it's, it's um, if you loved our ver- current version, you're going to love this even more. So that's good to hear. It's also Yay. good to hear about storage because that was one um, I was kind of thinking it may not get as much use. So it's good to hear that, that you've got a use case for it. So uh, that's, that's good to hear. <laughs> All right. So um, yeah, the, this, this has uh, been a work in progress for, for many months. I will say this, um, you know, the shutdowns and coronavirus have kind of been a blessing in disguise because it's given me quiet time to finish and and polish this up and get it ready to to launch. Um, There is a lot of, you know, just getting a product over the finish line is the hardest part, that last 10, 15%. And that's what I've been up to during this uh, during this um, challenging time, so so I consider it a blessing in disguise to to be able to to kind of hunker down and, and get this ready to to go. So, all right. So schemas, like I mentioned earlier, is kind of a um, you know I started when when they released the um, when they released the the scripting block. The very first thing I did, and actually open sourced this script. Um, I wanted to see what meta information they would make available uh, via the the scripting block. And so that was the very first thing I I exposed and I made that available is how you would get all the meta information and kind of standardized JSON object representation of of the meta information. And so I actually started to build this product that was going to diagram you know what your database table looks like from uh, it's pretty standard in the database world you know it's called an ERD system entity relationship diagram and um, so I was like you know this is really any, anybody doing database design wants to wants to have a visual of, of what their database looks like so I started to develop this and then apparently great minds think alike uh, Airtable came out with their own uh, schema block and they and they um, made that available. And so at first I was a little bit disappointed, but I realized there was so much more that that I wanted out of that scripting block. And I said, okay, this is our opportunity to improve upon what they did. And um, so I actually actually leveraged their uh, their uh, design layout as well which is kind of cool and they open source this. So that was very nice of them to make that available. Um, so basically what, what this application does is it allows you to not only just visualize what your data looks like in your database, but also see changes over time. So you can monitor what's happening with your base 
And so we've implemented this concept of snapshots where you can take a new snapshot of your database table or, or base and see how it changes over time. And you can kind of see what, what's going on with it. So if you're uh, managing, if you're kind of the, the database admin for, for your environment and other people have access, creator access to make changes, you can kind of see what changes are, are taking place and, and um, do that. The other useful, like, you know, really common thing that, that everybody comes across is if you create a linked record, that creates a linked record on the, on the other table that you're linking to. Well, a lot of times when you're cleaning things up, you might delete that linked record, but it leaves the orphan child and it changes it to a text field and you end up with all these like text fields that you're not sure if that's supposed to be there or if it's just a orphan child that, that was left over. This kind of gives you that sense. You can see that it changed, the field changed from a linked record to a text field. You're like, okay, that's likely a leftover that I can clean up. And so things like that to just really stay on top of your data are, are really a must for, for any kind of serious um, database that you want to maintain long term. So I'll show you kind of, um, so here's the, the diagram view. You can zoom in and zoom out. We've got a little utility where you can kind of drag around if it's a really big, um, you know, this is a small example with three tables. I've worked on bases that have a lot of tables. Um, I, don't, I actually don't know what the limit on tables. It might be 100. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen, I've seen, I don't think I've seen over 100, but I've seen lots and lots of tables. And I should, I haven't ran them through this to see what they would look like. But I knew that there's going to be use cases where you need to be able to move around a lot of tables. So we built that in. Um, but the cool thing is, is you can filter and um, create filters and you can actually save new filters and clone and um, create filters that are only specific to certain tables. So you can say, I don't care about seeing this table. Uh, I just want to see, you know, this one table and you can configure by field types and say, I don't care about, you know, these types of field types are not really important to me. Um, and these are the relationships I want to see. And you can even drill down to each table and say, I don't care about these fields. Um, and so you can create these filters of what your data should look like, and then you can save it. Um, and, and then it's always there for you to, to look at and change between filters. And so this one I filtered down just to this one table and now you see it's just there. So it's got save filters to, to view different um, things that you're looking at. The snapshots is this is every time that you take a snapshot. So what a snapshot is, uh, actually before I should explain that there's three ways that we can monitor a schema. The first way is through their API and that, that's good because that works on um, free plans or free workspaces, free bases. Um, whereas a script, once they take away free, free scripting blocks, um, which they say they'll do in September, so uh, that might already be gone by time this is out. Um, if that's the case, then scripting will only work on paid uh, workspaces, pro, pro workspaces that, that have access to the blocks. 
And then we're also working on our own custom block that, that um, you'll actually, it'll actually run as a custom block inside of, inside of your, your base. And with each layer, there's more information that we can track. So API is limited on, on the types of information that we can track. The script, we can get more. And then the custom block, we can actually get even more data. And so there's more information that we can monitor and, and track changes to. So this one's a scripting one. So here's the, here's the base that, that we're doing. So how it works is when you create a new um, when you create a new schema, you specify what type it is, and then it will give you a snippet of code um, that looks like this. And you just click this to um, copy it to your clipboard. And now it's copied in my clipboard. And you would then just create a new scripting block and paste it into that scripting block. And that's all you have to do. You just have to do that once when you set up the schema, and then now it's always available to, um, to run. And so whenever you make changes, it's kind of like when you get to a stopping point, if you're the database admin and say, okay, I'm making all these changes, adding new tables, modifying fields, I want to now take a snapshot of all the changes that I've made since the last time I made a snapshot. You would then just run that scripting block. It'll it'll give you a UI like this, and um, you can rename it to be something more specific. And then you just run it, and then it basically just submits that to our server, and then it would show up as a new snapshot in here. So then you would see you could see the diagram on this view. It shows you all the snapshots that you created, and you named them. It gives the timestamp, and you can click into it, and it'll show you all the changes that happened with that snapshot. So for this one, this view changed its name. This is what it was called, and this is what it's called with this snapshot. Um, this view got deleted. This field changed its name from name to project name, <coughs> and so on. So for this snapshot, here's all the changes that took place. And you can also see the diagram that's specific to that snapshot. So you can go to each snapshot and be like, okay, in this snapshot, this is what changed, just, just this one field. So you see a history. Then there's different ways that you can slice it. You can look at just the base, and this will show you um, all the times that, that the base name changed or the description changed at, at the base level. At the table level, it shows you all the tables, and for each table and all the changes that, that um, happened to it and the snapshot of when they changed. And same for views. Fields is probably the, more, the one that, that you likely use the most. It shows you all the fields, and um, it shows you the last snapshot that modified this field. And then you can look on each one and see Okay, here's the initial time that we found that, that field. And then on this snapshot, it changed its name from this, this to that. And so on. So you can do that. You can see all your deleted ones as well. So if it's deleted like this, it'll show up um, when you view the deleted items. And they'll, they'll be tagged as deleted. So you can get a, get a sense of all your fields that have since been deleted. And, um, and then this is all the different tables. So this shows all the fields for each table. So you pick which, which field. And then finally, you can share this. You can, you, can, um, you can click on here, and it'll generate a public 
um, view that you can share with other people. You can print it. That was one of the other big things is I wanted to be able to convert this to a image so you could like embed it into a Word doc or, or a, power, a presentation or print it um, and uh, be able to see that as well in a print view and it, it generates uh, an image that you can then then print which is one of the other things i noticed that was lacking from from the um uh Airtable schema so that is i believe everything in the schema application that is a lot <laughs> yes it is this one um this one honestly is my favorite. Just I think I, I love the database design and, and just being able to, to see those changes over time I know has been valuable to me. And um, I know I've been working on projects where I wish I knew what happened to a field that somehow disappeared or, um, you know, or, or just seeing when a field <laughs> changed and like kind of questioning who changed it and why, why did it change field types. Um, so this helps give insight to all of that. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for this one. I think, I think it, there's a lot of potential in, in, in using it in, uh, business use cases. It also serves as a great example of how, um, sometimes there is something that exists in Airtable, in this case, the schema block that works well, but doesn't do everything that you would want and how there's always room for someone to come along and make a much more robust version of that thing. So in this version, we can see what appears to be literally anything that has ever happened to your base at all um, displayed nicely. And I also love that you can print it because that's some, sometimes Airtable forgets that people like to print things on paper. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of, I, I view what, what Airtable is doing with their blocks is kind of, you know, really, I, and I, I think they would admit this as well as like, they can, they show the capability, but I really, now that they're opening it up, I really do think they want people to improve upon um, what they're doing. I don't think they want to be in the game of, of making the most robust blocks. They want to provide the platform for, for other people to to really take things up a notch. So, um, so I don't think that they'll have a problem with, with a better version of, of their block. Um, but we shall find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 you know, it only makes sense. Um, the more you can encourage someone to use Airtable, the better. And a way to do that is to say, hey, someone's come along and made a, this great extension for it that makes Airtable the greatest thing that's ever lived. And right you know, things like this help it become that. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, and that's kind of the, the, the vision that I saw for it early on is like, once they open this up to the outside developer community, um, it really is kind of the sky's the limit of, of what you can, can do with Airtable. And, um, so I'm, I'm excited for the future. I still think it's, it's very early in the, in the game, but I think, there's a long road ahead. Yeah, I would agree. I think at the time of recording, custom blocks is still referred to as a beta. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's there's still some room to grow. Yeah. But promising. 
Yeah, once they, the, you can see they're, they're, they now finally have a beta running inside a custom blocks, the ability to create tables and create fields. Um, it's not quite there yet to use how I would want to use it, but the, the, the sign that they're getting there and they're, and they're making that available when you can programmatically create new bases and tables and fields and, and all that, that really becomes a game changer of the types of applications you can build and, and uh, support within Airtable. So that's kind of the, the next hurdle that, that I see them opening up um, at this level. Yeah. And I, I can't wait. So I'll, I'll be happy when, it's no longer a beta and it's officially released. So, you know, all of these different components can come together and people can start really going at it and releasing um, all of the things, the solutions that they've made, whether they're, you know, free, freemium or premium. I'm excited to see what everyone comes up with, especially OpenSide. We will be there. Our our hope is that we, um, you know, continue to be, uh, a supporter of, of Airtable and, and one of the main um, providers of, of products and solutions and community around Airtable. Great. Well, thank you so much for showing this and giving us a little sneak peek. Although when this episode comes out, it's probably not a sneak peek <laughs> because it will be released. Deep dive. It'll be a deep dive. Into, there you go. A deep dive um, into one of the new products uh, offered by OpenSide. It was great to see. Um, that there's so much available in just this one. I'm happy to see it. Um, So thank you so much for showing that with us. And again, thank you for allowing the community to grow and be as cohesive as it is. Thanks to Built on Air. And thank you for Built on Air, the podcast. Thank you. You're a great host. We're glad to uh, be working with you as well and always enjoy listening to new episodes. So hopefully we can keep it going. I hope so too. Um, And with that, I think we can call it. All right. Thanks.